mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at Where my mom's wearing thongs, hitting bongs at Raising kids, cleaning shits, need a long nap Where my mom's, where my mom's, where my mom's at Where my mom's at Thank you for downloading this episode. Thank you for watching me on the YouTubes. Oh, there's my dates. All right, let's do some biz. First, homies, I'm doing a residency at Flappers Comedy Club in Burbank every Thursday in the YooHoo room. That's a very intimate room, maybe 50 tickets. It sells out quick every week. I just go, I, I bullshit, I say hi, it's fun. And then Irvine is almost sold out. There's a few tickets left October 17th. Pasadena at the Ice House. I'm doing two shows on October 25th, November 14th. I got Flappers, Flappers. And then Seattle, the Neptune is oh, almost sold out. Oh, that's a good one. That's a fun one, oh, isn't it? Oh, sure. Yeah, that one's almost gone too. Same with the Aladdin, almost sold out. So get those tickets and then Flappers. And then we're done with the year. I have with me Greg Fitzsimmons. You want to plug your date since we're doing dates at the top i like it at the top yeah. usually you feel like you gotta earn your keep no. like you gotta dance for your dinner no. but here it's just like here you go uh san francisco punchline <laughs> yes. my second favorite club in the country november 7th through the 9th then i'm coming to kansas city improv november 15th through 17 right at denver at the comedy works my second favorite club in the country november yes. 21st through 23rd then i'm also coming to cincinnati oh and what are you uh, doing there the funny bone uh i guess so Go yeah bananas. philly also at the end of the year so check out all of them at fitzdog.com for tickets <laughs> all of them on sale now cheap <laughs> we sell them cheap the cheap act all right let's get to it yeah and you're also uh we had your other half uh, Allison Rosen on here of the Childish Podcast. We have a podcast called Childish that is, I think, similar to yours in the sense that, like, we don't. Uh, the first episode we talked about how she was having pregnancy orgasms. Yeah. From the baby yeah. pushing up against her inner clit. Really? Should there's an inner clit? She has one. I didn't. I did not hear about. I got to listen to that, ladies. Check that one out. And you got to get an inner clit. Mm -hmm. There was an inner clit. Yeah. You, you mean the the ridge in your vagine? Now, I don't know what happened, but the, the, inner... the pressure was was making her have dreams that were sexual, and she was waking up having full-on teeth-clenching, fist-clenched orgasms. Good for her. Sweat on the forehead. Wow. Toes clenched back. Okay, I don't need to think about it. Buttocks. Medicine. Okay, tight. thank you. Fitz Dog Radio. Also, you will hear um, Greg Fitzsimmons. Also, forgive us. There's some work going on next door. We want to kill our neighbors. There's not. We've already soundproofed. You, every single studio we move to, eventually, it's like, got to move because we picked the wrong location. Well, I bet you these mics don't pick it up as much as you think. They what usually do you think? don't. You don't usually hear much. A little bit. He does. Well, Nadav is Jewish. She's got a uh, Jew hearing. Oh, Happy New Year, Nadav. It's nice yeah. you have him working on a holiday. Thank you so much, Greg. <laughs> That's right. What is it? It's uh, Today is Yom Kippur, the, the Day of Atonement. And what are you guys supposed to be doing today? Uh, you're supposed to be fasting and saying sorry to everyone you wronged all year. Oh, boy. That sounds fun. Well, it, it is in the sense that, like, once you do it, the slate is clean. For a, You get a whole year? You get a year. Well, yeah, you build up new sins, but from this point, <laughs> for as long as you go without a sin, yeah, your shit is Teflon. And there's rules too for you to like game the system. Oh, where you could uh, uh, try and apologize to someone, and if they say no three times, that's on them now. You know, you did your part. Oh, that's kind of nice. That yeah, seems people fair. people could really con it. I like that con it. Well, oh, okay. Yeah. What do you mean? What, how so? Well, because like if someone knows they're a piece of shit, they're like, well, I'll just apologize three times real quickly, and then it's on them. <laughs> well, the Jews have a lot of outs. Like, I know the Orthodox are not allowed to, like, touch electricity during the, yes. the Sabbath. I oh, like yeah. that. And then they have other people come yeah. in and yes. do it for it's them. It's called a Shabbos Goy. A Shabbos, Shabbos Goy. Goy. Yeah. That's what happens when you move into an Orthodox Jewish neighborhood. Yeah. They befriend you, and they're like, can you come over and... Turn on my lights. And Have they said that to you? Not to me, but Nadav was talking about, right? Weren't yeah. you telling me that? Maybe? I mean, yeah. If you walk around uh, like West Hollywood, Fairfax area, you know, uh, Jewish people will come up to you asking if you're Jewish because, you know, a lot of these Orthodox uh, Jewish people need 10 Jewish men before they could start praying. So if someone comes up to you in Fairfax area and asks if you're Jewish, that's why. 
Um, have you had 10 Jewish men, Christina? No, I've had uh, two oh, Jewish no, boyfriends. Yeah. No, no. I, I almost, yeah, I could very well have married a Jew man. I love them. I married a Jew. You did? Yeah. I did not know. And you're so Caucasian. I am. Well, I did my ancestor DNA. I came back. Ready oh, for this? Uh, let me guess. Ninety-seven yeah. <laughs> percent Irish. No they, shit. They sent a note that said this seems a little racist. <laughs> <laughs> you are one recessive gene. You're very, you're very pasty, almost pink. Well, that's the thing about it is like, and I have twenty-one first cousins who have all married other Irish people, and oh. I just think like, what? What is the collection <laughs> of traits you think is so precious? that we're protecting them. Is it the alcoholism or the rage or the freckles? The freckles, yeah, you're very Orange freckly. pubic hair, I got liver spots and fucking wrinkles. Like somebody fuck a black guy, give us a shot. Yeah, I agree. I'm a, I'm 100% um, European, like Hungarian in that region. Yeah. Like not a dash of anything else too. Like I'm purely cockroach DNA, like very resilient. But that sounds like a Jewish part of the world now. So you must yeah. have a little Jew in I you. I thought I, I'm not Ashkenazi. That's in those reports, those 23 in me's. Right. Not, I feel in my heart, I am a Jew. I do, I feel yeah. it somewhere. My mother used to tell me we are Jewish because your, la your grandmother's last name is Kakukman or whatever the fucking. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. My mother would tell us that we're Jews. Yeah. And I believe her. I don't right. feel Catholic. I don't have the, the hang-ups of Catholicism. Yeah. It doesn't resonate. Well, were you, did you I'm go to Jewish. church and all that? Yes, and I went to Catholic school and I enjoyed it very much. But I think culturally, I've always grown up around the Jews. I like them. I have my best friends, you know? Yeah. I resonate with that culture. I like them. I like them a lot. I like that. Uh, I, I went to Boston University, so I slept with Dozens of Jewish women. I didn't know there were Jewish women there. Oh, it's very Jappy. It's a very Jappy. I don't know. It's oh. a derogatory term, but there are a lot well, of yeah. like Long Island Jewish girls. Yeah. And you would have sex with them. And then they would stand up fully naked and go get a Diet Pepsi out of the fridge. And I was thinking like Irish girls were like <laughs> fucking. It was like fucking a uh, what do you call the people that wear the sheets when you like. Oh, right. No. Yeah. Yeah. They cut a hole in them. Yeah. I mean, Irish women, they don't show you shit. Wow. And the Jewish women, you know, and they would talk about their orgasm and... What, really? Yeah, I think that the uh, Jewish women don't have the same shame. I think they have a great relationship to sec their sexuality. Is that true, Nadav? What do you think? I mean, I don't know. I don't date Jews. He doesn't date them. <laughs> <laughs> he likes a good away game. Now, but your wife is um, a Jew, a yeah. Jewess. Well, she's half Jewish, half Irish. Mm-hmm. But she identifies as Jewish because she grew up in New York City in a very Jewish neighborhood. So everything around her was Jewish delis. She, all her friends were Jewish. And mm. so the, the, that's, that's how I identify. Yeah. yeah. So we were talking briefly. I was making a coffee. Oh, no, you came in and we went to go give a hug and a kiss. And I was like, are you trying to kiss my mouth? Simmons, like as a joke, you know, and then um, don't look at me so serious. No, I'm just. Are you wearing? I'm gonna me to you. I really was worried for a second that you really <laughs> thought I was trying to do that. No, no, I've known you for so long, and I that's the only reason I would say it is because yeah, it's yeah. so far out of the realm right. of possibility. Because you've got a great sexy mouth. I would thank you. It's my favorite feature. Yeah. I used to get teased as a little girl for having big lips, and now yeah. I, now I say fuck you. I'm gonna make them big and red. Everybody. That's like right. Yeah, but. Uh, the point With your perfect being, teeth under per there. Thank you. Veneers, yep. whitening, a lot of time yep. and energy. But the point is we were, you were, we were like, do you, you asked me, do you and Tom still make out? And I'm like, we've been together <laughs> for 15 years. And I'm like, no, I don't. I think we did a little bit a while back. Yeah. We did like a while back. And I was like, whoa, what are we doing? Yeah. Are we supposed to be, we're married. Are we allowed to do this? You know? I know it's almost like you were, because my wife, I tried to make out with my wife during sex the other day, <laughs> and she acted like I tried to put my finger up her ass. <laughs> she like pulled her head back, yeah. like like I like I hadn't brushed my teeth or something. Like, She's like, this is gross. <laughs> and I and I, you realize like marriage, it's almost like you know uh, when you're te when you're a teenager, you start with first base, which is making out, and then you go yeah. to second and third and. And marriage is the opposite. You just go home. <laughs> you don't touch any of the bags. Right. You're always home. Yeah. Yeah, that's so funny. Right. Because like, I remember one time I asked my mother, I was like, because 
she married my stepdad. They were together for like 17 years. And I was like, do you still find Dean sexually attractive? And she was like, well, everybody has needs. Like that oh. was her answer. It was like, look, man, you just have needs. And then you get those filled by the person you're supposed to get them filled by is how I right it. it's like with the astronauts drink in space that's what <laughs> sex is for her comes in a can it's got a lot of protein in it no flavor <laughs> right but i'm still i'm actually more attracted to my husband now as he gets older well and I, slimmer he's so in better attractive. shape than he was when you first oh met him. oh well no when i first met him he was very skinny he oh. was 20 23 so he was a hot oh, potato okay, he was yeah. cute and then, I mean, we both get fatter, and oh, this doesn't feel good. You know, you get fatter with kids. And, right. Uh, but he looks great. I love him. Do you find yourself, I mean, no, what do you think? You tell me. About what? Married sexuality. Oh, it's well. just, it's perfunctory. It's a little more. You know, I, I find my wife very sexy. You know, she's got great tits at this point. She, really? Even after the two children? After two kids, because she breastfed them each for two years, uh, and I would recommend that to anyone. Two years? It was like she got a, she gained a cup size, and they stayed firm to this day. What? Yes. I've never heard of this I happening. Literally, every night when she takes her bra off to put her nightshirt on, I sit up, and I check out her tits. That is amazing. And when we have sex, I am all over that shit the whole wow. time. Wow. Yeah. How did they get firmer, I wonder? That's usually the option. Jew broads tend to plump up as they get older. You ever seen old Jewish ladies? They yeah. have huge they have tits. Great yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Another upside. Yeah. Yeah. True. Yeah. True. So do you, but either, do you want the romance? Do you, uh, look, here's my, I'll tell you what my thing is. Just with two small children, mm. it's like, but you don't have a ton of time anymore. Yeah. There's just no time. Like, it's good night. Okay, the kids are in bed. We have a couple of hours to watch our shows, catch up. And you're up, exhausted. And you're exhausted. Yeah, we haven't slept in four years. And then you're like, all right, let's, let's bang it out. It's definitely changed. Yeah. Where you, like, you figure out how to do it <laughs> around kids. and Right. And that's actually lent itself to more excitement. Now that I think about it, because now we have to be more resourceful about how we get it done. Yes, and also it, it gets more competitive because like when you're <laughs> single and you're, you, you have sex, it's like you have like simultaneous orgasms and you have multiple orgasms. But when, you're, when you have kids, there's one orgasm and whoever gets their first wins. You know? It's, exactly. It's like steal it's the race. bacon. And then forget the other person, right? You go to sleep. I'm done. Yeah, I got it. That's <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you do? Um well, you know what's weird with me sexually is that if she orgasms, we used to we used to come together. Wow. Like the Beatles. Yeah. And then as we got further into the marriage for some reason when she orgasms now, it's so intense, it actually stops me from orgasming. What? What is going on? I with don't you two? know. I have Ugh. to like ride it out. Let her settle down. And then I close. Okay. I think this is a little too intimate. Oh, is Oh, I don't know. If I'm this, feeling a little. No, I don't know about your podcast. Is your podcast not dirty? You can do whatever you want. Oh, right. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm, I'm like, wow, what's going on? Yeah, it's weird, right? Yeah. Like she's really, what do you think that is? I think, she, I think women, they say that women come into their sexuality at middle age more so. Men, yeah. Men do younger. And I think she's finding her orgasms like she always had them, but now she's, mm. she's you know. It's like she's riding a Bronco now. Okay. I'm going to throw up. So let's talk about. <laughs> you didn't have to picture it. You could have just listened. I'm trying. I'm trying. I, I like you. You're my friend. Yeah. I just don't want to think about you and your wife and the, the Bronco and yeah. coming together. <sighs> Anyways. Okay. Let's talk about dad stuff because I've, I've had Dr. Drew on, but he's a doctor. So we got kind of more medical. The least sexual person I've ever met. In my you know life. what's so funny is that uh, every woman I speak to, I mean, we work with Dr. Drew, everybody goes, I have such a crush on him. I've, I've had a crush on him since I was you know, a little girl, whatever. He is a hot commodity. Maybe through your ears, but if you're in his <laughs> presence. I, I love him. It's like being with Dr. Spock. That's how sexual he is. Dr. Drew is Dr. Spock. No. Yeah. 
Well, maybe that's why. Maybe that's why I've, I've, I feel him. Yeah, I don't. I feel paternal vibes from him. Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah, I, I admire him. I don't think it's a sexual. I, I love him. That's I, really I think what him. women's attraction to him is. He is like the guy you're supposed to like. Yeah, you know, and he's uh, he's kind and he's wise and he's patient. He's a good dude. He's been married to the same woman forever. He's into her. Yeah, like he's family man. I know his son's. Uh, he's got how many kids? Three. Are they all off in college now? Yes, and he had them all. They all they're triplets all at the same time, which is yeah. Could you even imagine? Yeah. <sighs> yeah, I remember talking about him. He said they were all in college, and he made yeah. a comment about the cost. And oh I was my like, god! You motherfucker! You've had eight <laughs> jobs for three decades. Yeah. You're gonna sweat college. <laughs> right. You're not allowed to do that. I know, right? If you had that much money, he's well, such a hustler. Would you? Keep working as hard as he does if you had that much money. Well, I think Drew enjoys it. He does. I think he really enjoys what he does. And he said it before that he's a bit of a workaholic. I think yeah. that's his thing. And he really genuinely cares for people. I think it's just what he's great at. And he if likes you had it. to fill in the blank, yeah. I am a blankaholic, what would it be? Oh, fuck. Like, there's so many things. It's a great podcast question. I, yeah. You should. That's your next thing. I feel like I'm in so many things. I'm so I, that could be eating. Foodaholic. Hundred percent. You're not an alcoholic. Though. No, but I have to restrain myself. For, I would stop at McDonald's every day. Really? I would do it. I would weigh five hundred pounds if I didn't. If I just didn't give a shit like yeah. I do. Yeah. Uh, I'd be morbidly obese. Yeah. Wow. You? I know you've not had like a regular mom. <laughs> I'm a cool mom. It's not a cool mom. <laughs> Well, I know you've had uh, you've had anger stuff in the past. I'm a rageaholic for sure, and I'm a sexaholic. Oh, really? I'd... Which is weird because I'm not. I don't have sex with my wife constantly. You know, we have a have for for what's what's your average? We talk about numbers. Leanne Kreischer gives her husband a blowjob quarterly. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean she only sucks the top quarter of his dick? <laughs> Um, what's your what's your batting average? Let's talk about it. Goes it, we go through waves. There's there's Renaissance yeah. time and there's dormant time. And uh, how long is the dormant time? Dormant can go a month. Whoa! Yeah, we've gone a month. See, my husband would not let that happen. Uh, he would murder my children. Yeah, and I would say that's never. that's probably happened once or twice. The longest dormant is usually two weeks, but I'd say we average we average every five days. That's really good. Six days, but then, uh, but then my I masturbate not that much. Well, I used to older. masturbate every day, every day. Are you a morning or evening? Middle of the day. Wow. Yep. Brazen. I get a middle of the day. -er. Well, I have a little office that's five minutes from my house. <laughs> I've had it for like ten years, and it's got a lazy boy in it. And it's got a roll of toilet paper. Oh and God. I got a TV set. Okay. And you go there? Is this where you I do your bored. podcast out to... of? Is this where I've been? I've sat in your masturbation lair? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have. Well, that's where dads, but dads need, dads need a masturbation lair. <laughs> I'm so ashamed right Don't now. Don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. There's no shit. Come on, we're comedians. There's no so, boundaries. No, because I believe that dads need a safe haven. Yes. Where to does masturbate. Tom masturbate? I think he does in our studio. You think? You guys never talked about it. No, I've, I, I, one time even I was like, get, because he was all pent up and we, we didn't, we couldn't do it for, yeah. I think I was sick or something. I go, just go in the studio, go rub one out, get out of here. Yeah. Because he gets so fired up. Like yeah. I can tell when the poison is building. Right. I go, just go in there. It's soundproofed. Yeah. Go listen to pornography at the top volume. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if he needed that on the big screen? Really loud. That's a lot of input. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so that's that's pretty good, and that's the secret to, I believe, the happy marriage. Because if you're not boning, that's when the trouble starts to build up. I guess so. I mean, you remember that uh, that movie, that documentary about the guy who kills his wife in, in the stairway, and like, <laughs> yeah, my husband watches it when I fall asleep at night. I know which one you're talking about. about. Like, the I won't owl. watch it. It was like an owl or something. I won't watch it. Yeah, I don't know. But. I know but what you're talking that about. was about this guy who had had gay sex throughout <laughs> his life. He had killed his first wife. Cool. And he'd had like gay, like he was kind of out, but not really. Oh, and you boy. could tell that him and his wife never had sex, <laughs> but they had this close friendship. Right. And then one day nice. he fucking murdered her on the stairs. 
See? See? No, but then I've heard of marriages too where you're best friends and you just don't have the sexual component, especially later in life. Yeah. Cool. Great. I think we've actually got, we've come back. My son's in college and now we have more time and we're, you know, we just have the the leisure time to get into it more. That sounds, okay, so let's talk about that. So you are a varsity level dad. You have two children, uh, one in college and the other one? Junior in high school. Junior high school, boy and a girl. Yeah. What exactly do dads do? We we work the perimeter. We we work a zone <laughs> defense. The mom is doing man to man. Everything. We're working a zone. Sure. Yeah, we drop back, we're free safety. We're guarding the goal line. We're making sure that things don't get too bad. Okay. But we're not fast enough. We get beat off the line. Is if that we right? try to do tight coverage off the line, they go right around us. <laughs> we gotta keep the play in front of us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you tell because I feel like right now, especially when they're very little, it's a lot of mom. mom. It's a lot of mom. Yeah. But and it's hard because then the mom also gets the brunt of the emotions from the kids as they get older. There's resentment and not talking to you and all that because you're the one that's like in their fucking grill all yeah. the time. And then dad strolls in, reads a book, yeah. wrestles. <laughs> yeah. And then that's like a, their only association with dad is that it's a good time. That's true. Yeah. Well, no, my husband's a good disciplinarian. Oh, he is? I might argue that I'm learning to be the disciplinarian because my children are kind of young, yeah. you know? And he's more good at that than I am. So I'm, we're learning. But so anyway, so go ahead. What's the tone of discipline with him? Is he, is he make them feel ashamed? Yeah. That's a big... That, I if I have one regret as a parent, I wish that I had... That, that I had corrected my kids' behavior in a way that didn't make them feel ashamed. Yeah. Which means not being overpowering, understanding that they're so much smaller than you right? that it's scary to them if you even mildly, and, and I know sometimes yeah. you feel like you got to get their attention and they're not listening, but I think it's really important that you never push it to the point where they feel so bad about themselves because it, it, that can form their early I visions know. of themselves. I all, it all does. Yeah. I know. Cause yeah, I know a hundred percent. Yeah. Cause he, I think he just gets so mad and then you're like, Oh, you know, yeah. I, but then again, I'm overly sensitive to that stuff because my parents were both such um, TikToks. You know what yeah, I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. okay, let's get back to the show. Uh, anyway, we're learning how to do that. So, uh, mom gets the brunt of it, but then I feel like you're a very engaged father. I don't. I sense that you really give a shit. Yeah, well, I I think I'm like you. I was. My parents were. My dad used to hit me, and my mom used to smack me around, and yeah. they both drank a lot, and. Uh, she had depression, so she would just fucking go in the other room and read read a novel all night after making <laughs> the worst Irish food that you've ever had in your life. Like, you sounds know, idyllic. This is a really but nice you know choice. how no, and it really wasn't bad. We had a loving, fu- we had a fun family. Like there was drinking, but there was storytelling and ball busting, and we went places, and we you, we'd go to a restaurant, and my dad would fucking bust the waiter's balls, and he'd be laughing, and you know, it was just a party, but. There was a lack of uh, deep being seen, yeah. I think. You yeah, know, my 100%. mom disappeared with the depression. My dad just didn't come home a lot. And so my mission in life was to not be a bad parent. It's like Same. the most important thing to me is to make up for that because the feelings of guilt I have when I find my, when I go like, oh, today I was like my dad. Mm. And that forces me into a week of fucking... Yep, being connected. Yeah, I get that too. I um I flog myself when I see myself doing behaviors my parents did. Yeah, and then I go into perfect mom. Right. I see. Yeah, I'll, that's what triggers perfect mom in me, is the feeling of oh, that was something my parents may have done or said. I better go correct. And yeah. Then I, <laughs> yeah. It's fun. <clears throat> it's hard though because you really like you really wonder. I think that the number one thing you can do as a parent is make your kid feel good about themselves. Yeah. Make them feel confident and make them feel like, and I think the, the more, one of the best things for that is letting them alone and let them figure some shit out. I agree. Give them a task and let them do it. If they do a bad job, let them do a bad job. Yeah. If they finish it on their own, they're going to feel fucking great. I agree. That to me, it's resilience. There's a certain level. My shrink says people are born with. 
either you kind of have that personality trait. Comedians are very resilient. Mm. I mean, that's why we chose this over heroin. Right. Right. As we, <laughs> we're being constructive with all that yeah. pain. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely believe in that. Letting them, letting them do it, man. Yeah. Let them do it. Yeah. And, um, and don't over celebrate them when they do it. Let them do it. There's a lot of thinking on parenting now that's about um, not praising. Really? Not praising because then they start doing it for the praise instead right. of the process of feeling. There, you will draw good feelings out of doing something yourself. A hundred percent. You can see it in their little faces right. when they finally figure out that toy or the button does this thing. And, yeah. they, and they do it again and they do it again and they do it again and until they master that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're doing that because it feels good to do it. hundred percent. When you step in and go, look at you, you, and you raise <laughs> your excitement three levels above theirs. Uh, suddenly they feel disconnected from what they just did. Oh, interesting. Sure. And so, it, so I hate it. Like my son played very competitive soccer, um, from a young age and watching parents on the sideline yell at I their know. kids to, not even when they do wrong, when they do right, when they score a goal and the parents lose their living <laughs> shit. It's like, how about we let the kids emotionally experience what they just did sure. on their own? Right. Why are you imposing your failed fucking athletic career <laughs> on their achievements? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm not the sports, but I know what you're talking. I see this behavior on the playground a lot at the mm. very at the toddler age. The parent that has to coach the child as they're just playing. Yeah. Good job. Good job, yeah, Cooper. Yeah, yeah. Cooper, put your foot on the Cooper. Cooper. <laughs> Cooper. And I, I, and it's in my act. I have a joke about a woman who was coaching this little boy, Cooper, and I was there. And he was maybe six years old. And he literally snapped and he goes, I need my space. Yeah. And he yelled at his mom. Good for Cooper. And that's what I said. Yeah. I was like, high five. It took, you know, you're setting boundaries with your mother. That yeah. took me 10 years in therapy. You just fucking figure that out, Cooper. But uh, this this incessant need to narrate what the child is doing. Mm -hmm. and like, no, no, they know what they're doing. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't need you to, to praise him for climbing the ladder on the playground. Right. You know what, what he needs you to do? What the fuck is this? He needs you to listen. Right. He needs you to just fucking listen. Right. And, and repeat what he just said. Just say, oh, you, you, you like doing that. Yeah, I see you like doing that. Validation, right? Validate. I exist. I'm yeah. here. What did yeah. you do today? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree because our parents, I think that's a generational thing too. I mean, children weren't seen as people. They were seen as tiny adults. Yeah. I think you were just this thing that didn't understand shit. Yeah, tiny dumb adults. Yeah. There was a feeling that like, <laughs> yeah. why aren't you understanding this? Yeah. As opposed to like, <laughs> no, this motherfucker just learned more in a year than you learned in a decade. Yeah. His mind is just gobbling up information, processing it, growing physically. There, I mean, like I was thinking about this the other day. If I were to tell you what I did from age 10 to 11, we would have to get a few cups of coffee. It, it's a one-man show. If I were to tell you what I did between ages of 40 and 50, yeah. I can do it right now. Right. I, what I remember of it, I can tell you in a few sentences. Right. And yet we're treating these kids like we, are, like we have so much to offer. We don't have anything to offer. Mm. Keep them from lighting themselves on fire. Uh, yeah. Being molested. Yeah. And Protect even that. Them. Yeah. You know, a lot of great artists were molested. Yeah, it's not so bad. No, I'm <laughs> I would never wish that. Oh, uh, god. oh my God. But anyways, nightmare. worst nightmare. Yeah. I would go crazy. I would be put in prison yeah. and murder. I would murder the person. A hundred percent. I think the judge will let you go for that too. Um, that's in, How about that? No shit. What's, the, what's your biggest dad fail? Now it's time for a round of mom <laughs> fails. It's funny you say that, and I don't even want to talk about this because Great, I'm so ashamed it. of it. That's my favorite one. <laughs> and I said it on the Stern Show one time, and Promo. they fucking piled on me for a while. Uh-oh. You masturbated in front of your... <laughs> well, not in front of, above. They were small. <laughs> um, my son was teaching my daughter who's uh two and a half years younger than him to curse and he wouldn't stop and he kept doing it and then she was little and she was getting in trouble in nursery school because she was cursing and it was like really she'd become a social pariah because of it oh no and he kept doing it and he kept doing it and i washed his mouth out with soap 
Yeah, old school. But it was soft soap. <laughs> I squirted <laughs> oh, it in his mouth. Oh, that's but a bad one. But the look in his eyes Ooh. as I was doing, as I was preparing to do it, the horror. Ooh. And I literally almost, I, I don't know what made me think of it. Oh, somebody else was talking about it on a podcast or something um, about washing the, and, and I, um, and I thought, and I flashed back to that I had done that. And I almost picked up the phone and called my son. And I'm, the next time I talk to him, I'm going to profoundly apologize because that was like, that was a violation. That was like physical abuse. But, but however, to, to give you some guilt relief, yeah, I was raised in a, I went to a Lutheran school and that was a common practice in the 80s. Yes, this it, isn't the 80s. No, but listen, but I'm saying that, you know, I know I, I got Listerine cotton balled for saying F-bombs during bingo when I was a kid. and What's Listerine cotton ball? They, they would marinate the, the <laughs> cotton ball in Listerine or whatever and then make you suck on it. Really? Yeah, and I was like, huh, fuck you, boop. Like, I didn't care. Yeah, yeah. It didn't, but yeah, you know, I mean, I imagine you must have been pretty angry and frustrated, and but you've learned your lesson. You would never do that again. But that's the point. I think you just hit the nail on the head is I was angry. Yeah. And that's not a place to parent from. When you discipline a child, your only thought should be, how am I helping them make a better choice next time? Yeah. Not how do I vent my anger? And that is so hard in the moment. That yeah. is that is the essence, the difficulty of disciplining is like, I want to correct this so that this person, my kid's going to be a better human, yeah. is going to have a better experience. Right. So they're not an asshole in the world. Yeah. How do I do that without shaming, breaking them down? Mm -hmm. Making, you know, all these errors we make and raging yeah. on them. Yeah. It, but it's hard not to be angry in the moment because you're like, oh, how many times are we going to... Well, what do you think about... <sighs> because there is a school of thought. Like, I just heard um, Billie Eilish on Stern. So did I love her. And and I love her. You know, I mean, she comes off as pretty pompous, but I like She's her... She's 17. Yeah, I like her music and I, I think yeah. I, I like her style. And, you know, her, her parents homeschooled her and, and they were they were really like, funky California kind of parents. And they were talking about how they never punished her. Mm. And I thought, well, look what you got. You got this incredibly self-empowered, creative dynamo. And, you know, are we completely wrong mm. with punishing? That's interesting. Like, what does it accomplish, really? I mean, it, have we really studied the ramifications of punishment versus redirecting? Well, how would you, so what does that mean? How would you redirect? All right, give me a bad behavior a kid just did. Um, right now, my kid, Ellis, takes toys away from his uh, younger brother. Like, his younger brother will be playing with something. Ellis will come and just rip it right out of his hands. Okay. And how old is Ellis? Three and a half. All right, so they both can speak, right? The 15-month-old, no, not really. You know, no. Because I was going to say, if they're older... You have the one child communicate to the other kid how they felt about what happened and develop empathy in yeah. the child. Yeah, that's why I try to tell Ellis, like, hey, how would you feel if I came up to you yeah. and ripped that toy out of your hand? You wouldn't feel very good, would you? Yeah, I think that's the approach. I think it's all about empathy so that they can make better choices. Mm. I don't think it's about shaming or scaring into oh, them I like stopping. I, I, like I know. Fear. Fear's a good one. And I'm not saying all this like <laughs> I did all this. But in retrospect, these are the things that yes, yes. I wish I had put into practice more. Yeah. I mean, I like consequences because that to me is a real life basis. Like, mm. guess what, dude? If you don't pay your electric bill as an adult, you're not going to have lights in your house. If you do X, Y happens. Like, I like that approach. Well, the other way to go is if X happens, D happens, and D is a positive thing. Oh, yeah, that well, there's want, that too, yeah. Rather than the negative consequence, because... Sorry, I got to text my nanny really quick. Oh, Jesus. Because I think if you are um, pushing them towards something good rather than, yes, you know, making them feel bad about something they did that was bad, that's the way to go. Now that you can't do that in all circumstances, there's, I think, time. But I think if you can favor 
the positive approach over the negative one. I know. It's just at his age, he likes candy and car and toy cars. Yeah. So he's gonna. I'm either like, hey, you want some more candy? Yeah. Or you want me to buy you stuff? Right. Like, I'm not sure. What about the iPad? Does he like the iPad? Yes. He watches cartoons that. on that. Yeah. Oh, I always threaten no cartoons. That's a. That's but you're a threatening no. Yeah. Yeah. No, you have to say consequences. If you do this, you, you get, get to, watch. to watch. Like my oh, daughter. My daughter like right that. now. She's got, my son went to college, so now she's got his car. She just got her license. She's 16. I said, that's not a, that's not a right. That's a privilege. Interesting. And if you want the car, I said, you get the right to the car when you get good grades. Not, mm. we're going to take it away when you get bad grades. And I, I know see, that I sounds like, like splitting that. hairs, but it, it makes a difference but in how do brands. I? So I, he automatically gets to watch it now at certain times. So would I start, start tomorrow? You, you, I'll be like, hey, dude. Right. New rules on this yep. thing. You you behave a certain way, you get the iPad. You earn the iPad. You earn it. Yeah. Yeah. I like and then that. he feels good about not only that he that he stayed with the task and did it, but then he feels the the, the reinforcement of getting the treat. I like that. I'm gonna do that. Yeah, the treat, the iPad treat. Mm. Oh man. Yeah. I know it's so tricky because our parents. I mean, I just got like a knock on my head. Yeah. Like, Don't be stupid. Could <laughs> <laughs> being dumb. You're like, oh yeah. shit. Yeah. I know Stern always talks about that, yeah. how his parents used names. And it's very, you know, you might say, I never called my kids stupid. But if you said that was a stupid thing to do, Oof. your kid hears you're stupid. Yeah. So you really have to be careful of the words you choose. That's another one. Yeah, the wording even. Yeah. I know, I'm trying, I'm so like, cognizant if, if of he words. says you're being cunty, right. you're, you're just hearing I'm a cunt. I'm a cunt, that's so yeah. true, gosh. That's so true. Yeah. I know it's so it's so see and then again I um I always wonder am I overcorrecting because I don't know what the you know like my parents were so out out, out in outer space I'm like am yeah. I obsessing too much am I, I trying to be too perfect at this should I just be in a moment and go with what's intuitive to me uh-huh. <sighs> Do you talk about it in therapy? Oh every day all yeah. day every day I mean, yeah. <laughs> All day, every day. How often do you go to therapy? Once a week. Yeah. Well, there For how was long? A, there was a time, well, last um, almost eight years I've been yeah. going. All right. There was a time where I was up to twice a week before I had kids, which was great. Mm, I wish yeah. I could go every day. I would go mm-hmm. every day, man, yeah. if I had that kind of time. Are you doing it now? No, but You're I've out. done it but you've been throughout in. my life a lot. Yeah. A lot, yeah. And, you know, it's a... Uh, I did a thing. Well, I have depression. I know. Which runs in the family. Are you on anything right now? Oh, yeah. You're on a lot. Cocktail? Oh, yeah. What are you it, doing? It's a knife and fork experience <laughs> taking the pills in the morning. Yeah. Dinner bib. Fucking. You got that. Lexapro. What you got in there? Ativan? What is that? Is Slapping that stickers on that my is. ass for ADHD. I got a, I got a got patch it. that I wear. What are you diagnosed? What do you have? I depression, have depression and I have ADHD. ADHD. Yeah. And so um, I medicate for both. And and then I did a thing for the depression this past fall called uh, TMS, which is transcranial magnetic stimulation. What in the, f- really? And That's I got it, Neil Brennan did it, and he told me about it. And it worked for him, and it worked for me. Wow. And you go in, and they um, they put a cap on you, cotton cap, and then they put, little buzzing things on your head and then you uh and then they buzz you like every 10 seconds oh for like a half an hour and what does that do it stimulate depressed people have parts of their brain that are that are under there's not enough activity going on and it stimulates and it brings it back oh that's kind of cool yeah but you got to go five days a week for like three months Oh, and it's expensive as shit. Cool. Sounds great. Did you do it? You did it the whole time? <laughs> I did it at work. Look, what, what's happy. my other option? No, I know. You, you don't be depressed it. for the rest of I, my life? I agree. It's so I've horrible. I've tried everything. It's horrible. You yeah. shouldn't suffer. I agree. You should do whatever by any means necessary. Whatever Listen, man, you're not on this earth very long. You may as well do whatever the fuck it takes. And I didn't do it until I had kids. And then I said, I owe it to my kids to be as present as I possibly can. And, and, my memories of my mom being so out of it yeah. were so bad it's that terrible. I have fought to do everything. And the last thing I want to do, I've taken mushrooms, but I've never done, uh, the, you know, um, um, what's his name? Why am I forgetting his name? Uh, Duncan Trussell mm-hmm. had real success with uh, ketamine. 
Mm, yeah. You know, you can do mushrooms or ketamine with a guide. You know, mm. there's a book by this guy, um, uh, Michael, uh, forgetting his name, but the book is called Changing Your Mind. Mm. And he spent a year, and this is a guy who was like a very respected doctor. He's a nutritionist who's written mm. a lot of books. Changing Your Mind. Yeah. Um, Changing Your Mind book. Oh, this is cool. Oh, Michael Pollan. And you think it's like going on a trip, like kind of what ayahuasca is. Yeah, like he where... took ayahuasca. He took mushrooms, but he got Damn. led through each experience. Like you go, it's a three-day thing. You go in mm. and they give you a very strong dosage of mushrooms, but they put you in, they set and setting is a big part of it. It's like, where are you? Who are you with? Yes. What are you listening uh, to? Totally. And so is you, they set you up like a prep for a day, do it for a day, and then a day to kind of evaluate what mm. happened. And and you have like this Sherpa kind of. So I think that's the next thing I really want to do is mushrooms and ketamine. Try each of those. Because this guy, Michael Pollan, tracks the history of that the, in the 50s and 60s. You know, the, the, the CIA was doing experiments yes, with, with LSD it. and people. And... With amazing success. <laughs> like soldiers coming home with PTSD were really? being treated with this stuff and it was going away. People that were facing death because they had terminal illnesses were able to wrap their heads around it and go peacefully. People with depression. It was curing alcoholism. I mean, no shit. And, and, they, and they squashed it all with Nixon's war on drugs. Mm. And they got rid of all the evidence. And now they've uncovered a lot of the evidence and the trials they did at Johns Hopkins and Berkeley and like respected universities. And now they're back on track and they're doing studies. And, you know, um, Colorado just decriminalized uh, magic mushrooms. Yeah, that's nat natural stuff. Yeah. Now, LSD, I've had a few gnarly trips on. Oh, have you? Well, because it's chemicals and yeah. it's just some dirty, you know, who knows, making right. it in their basement. However, mushrooms, that's, you know, from the earth. Yeah. That makes sense. Take it. Have but you taken mushrooms? No, because there's a puke factor, and I'm, uh, I'm very puke phobic. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> yeah, there's a puke factor. That's kind of why I never became an alcoholic, because of the puke factor. Otherwise, yeah. I probably would like to drink more. Did you puke when you were pregnant? Not once. Uh, I felt like I probably should have a few times, and just nope, mind yeah. over matter. <sighs> Even in yeah. labor, like there was a moment after I gave birth to Julian where I was like, I'm going to barf when I, the anesthesia wears off. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm going to hold that in. I just hold right. it in. I'm, right. You can will. I haven't vomited since t uh, 2002. Knock on wood. That's the first time you had sex with Tom? <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? How dare you? I'm so offended. Okay. Now let's get back to the show. All right, let's do some listener mom fails oh, because hey. these are so much fun. And I love mom hacks. So if you have any, please share. What do we got? Let's do... Um, we let's have one do... voicemail and one video. Oh, let's and, do and the some video. emails. Let's do a video. I like videos. Oh, good. So this, uh, <laughs> so this video needs a little bit of setup. It's from a, it's from a dad. It's from Ian. Uh, and he has some road rage. So he had a fit of road rage. And then this is the aftermath of him talking to his kid. What happened? I, I do say shit. Ah! <laughs> Did Daddy say it? Yeah. What did he say? Just shit. Just shit. Just say shit. And? And? What's the rule with that word? Never say it. Say what? Don't say shit. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry. I love you. Love you. Oh. Okay, bye. Oh. <laughs> Are you shitting me? That's a cute kid. That's a really cute kid. Damn. Wait, maybe two and a half, three. Yeah. That's a good age. You curse in front of the kids? I do, unfortunately. I don't want to. But because my parents... Apparently, people who don't swear had parents that didn't swear and then would really read the riot act on them if they did yeah. like apparently that's how you grew up not cursing is if your parents really really enforced that my parents really enforced it and i cursed a lot really but i don't curse at all in front of my kids and my wife curses like a fucking sailor and and now they just sit around the table and say fuck and i call <laughs> them on it every single time i said you know and they, uh, they they didn't until a certain age and then yeah. all of a sudden they just decided it's a mutiny it's a it's a fuck mutiny 
<laughs> and they just say it all the time and it really bother it really to my core makes me feel bad why is that but you curse so why would it make you feel bad i think part of it is like catholic shame i feel like what if adults see them talking that way and i also think it's a cheat in life to curse a lot i think it's i was an english major and i always felt like you should choose your words wisely and concisely and it shows a hesitation in thought it shows that you couldn't say the fucking word the fucking fuck and i curse a lot more when i'm tired yeah because my brain is like i don't fucking yeah i know i'm trying to curb it i'm trying not to curse as much especially around the kids but you know they pick it up have they repeated it yep Oh. Ellis says, fuck it now. No. Yeah. And like at random times. Like really? I'm not sure he knows. <laughs> <laughs> like at Trader Joe's, uh, I was picking no. out cheese and he was like, fuck it. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. And the lady heard him. And then in the car on the way to like the doctor to get a flu shot. Fuck it. I'm like, oh my gosh. Because I don't even realize I'm saying it. I must yeah. be saying because I'm certainly not intentionally Hope you picked up some soft soap at the grocery store. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Wash that filthy mouth out. Um, but you're right. I should be. But here's do you the say, deal. Do you say cunt? I love the word cunt. Oh. But because I lived in England for a year oh, and the way okay. they use it, it's yeah. not it's not filthy. I don't like the word pussy, but now I say it more. Yeah. I don't like the word moist. I don't think a lot of people. I feel like most people don't. Moist. It's so funny Such that, gross that word. when people say or moist pussy is disgusting together. Moist pussy is not disgusting. Oh, oh I don't like That's that. It's like hard cock. Isn't that the equivalent of hard cock? Well, but I but when I hear those two together, it sounds like a comedy because the cuss sound is appealing in comedy. Hard cock. It's yeah. Moist sounds like the word. Is it that does. A, is it that an does. When a word sounds like yes. what it is. I think Moist. so. <laughs> you, like your your tongue releases saliva across Blech. the roof of your mouth as you're saying Moist. I hate it. I hate it so And much. then whenever you hit the T part, there's like a little saliva build. Moist. Thank you for showing up here today, Greg. That was good knowing you. Okay. Um, okay, let's do uh, one a voicemail mom fail. People love these mom fails. Yeah. They're so great. Hey, Mommy. This is Michelle uh, from... Bellingham, Washington. Um, my mom's tale is I had my son when he was six months old sitting on a bumbo on our counter. Yep. And uh, you're not supposed to put bumbo seats on the counter, but uh, I think everyone puts them up on tables and counters. Anyways, yes. he was waving his hands around and I looked over and he was holding on to a fancy cheese knife, but he was holding on to the blade. But because it's a fancy cheese knife, they're like our gas in the blade so he was gripping onto the non-sharp edge Ugh. um yeah pretty much had a heart attack after that and yeah keep mine tight wow thank you for sharing that yeah i've had my babies i put them on the counter i know you're not supposed to not in a bumbo i put the bumbo on the table the kitchen table before but like in the center but anyway i've had my baby reach for a knife reach for glass a hundred and then you just no 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 all day air day uh, today my baby with hands in the toilet unplugs the bidet thing you know it's just it's like a constant you're just trying to stop them from dying at yeah this age. just stay alive oh my god it's so <laughs> constant and i remember my nephews were just over recently and they're they're around your kids ages and i just was so in awe of their tenacity and their stamina and i thought i used to be able to do that Right, you know, like you're in it right it? now. You are at the top of you. You may yeah. feel exhausted and all Tell that, me, yeah. but you are a, you are an Olympian right now. What you're accomplishing yeah. with your kids, it takes such a, it takes such intensity, and it comes from love. No, I know, and I'm you so know? tired. Greg. I'm I know. So tired. I've been at it for four. So when does when will I not be so tired? When... My kid just left for college. It was great. <laughs> oh no, eighteen years. <laughs> <sighs> But I, I feel like once they hit three, at least with boys, like Ellis stopped having a death wish. It, just, it kicks up. Like Ellis is more like, I'm going to jump off the coffee table. I'm going to jump off the third step. And mm. like you can kind of, you can see that tragedy coming. Yeah. And you're like, no, bro. Uh-uh, no, no. You know, but the baby is just like senseless. Yeah, yeah. Put the battery in the mouth. Put the yeah. nickel in the mouth. Right. Like, oh my God. Yeah. But well, do you have a pool? 
Of course, but it's fenced. I got a lock. I got the thing. I got. Listen. Does it have a lid on it? Is it one of those covers? No, not a lid, but the the gate that's fenced around. Yeah. There's a key to get. There's right. no way anybody's getting in there. Yeah. Oh, I've heard the stories. Oh. Every time someone comes over, they have to tell me about the story about the kid they know who drowned. And I know, mm. Mama is all over that shit. Mm -hmm. Why? Did you have someone drown at your house? Is that I used why? to have three kids. <laughs> <laughs> and he was the good one too. No. no. Not, not a good swimmer, but a good kid. <sighs> Thank you. Okay. I'm thinking about your no punishment idea. And look. Here's my argument. Yeah. Billie Eilish, as much as I think she is talented, insufferable. She's a little insufferable. I have to admit, now there must be a way to instill creativity and freedom of expression without being completely oblivious to societal I think the problem is she was homeschooled. And oh, I, I don't know yeah. too many homeschooled kids that... Weirdos! Yeah. Yeah. They can be intelligent. And you actually quite have to be intelligent yourself to homeschool. Yeah. However, they suffer socially. Every homeschooled kid I've known is weird. Yeah, yeah they're weird. <laughs> and they always feel like, you know, wow, um, wow, wow. they always feel like outsiders. They never feel fully accepted by the group. Yeah. And they're too good with adults. The, I found I that with like homeschooled that kids. They're I, like... I don't like kids to talk to an adult like their peers. I agree. It's creepy. I think it's, I don't like that uh, because I was an only child, so I was always around adults. Uh, I hated it. Yeah. It was lonely, isolating. You have to be on, and everyone praises you for being so grown up. And it's like, I don't want to be. Yeah. I want to be five. Right. I want to be running around. And I also cringe whenever I hear someone refer to their child as their best friend. Because yeah. my mother and I were very enmeshed because she was crazy and it was very Grey Garden-y, you know? And I'm yeah. like, oh, they're not your best friend. They're your fucking kids. Stop saying that shit. Yeah. I get it. I get the uh, the idea of like, oh, they're my little buddy. Like, yes, they're my little buddies, but they're not My dad my used to say friend. to me, I'm not your friend. I'm your father. Mm -hmm. We've both got plenty of friends. You don't need another friend. Neither do I. You need a father. Yeah. And I always thought... That hurts. <laughs> it really did. It fucking hurts. Because it's a rejection yeah. of you at some level. My yeah, mother, so yeah. I don't, I don't yeah, need I it needs to be articulated to your child. I, think I you don't can, think so. You either. can have that as your quiet strategy. A hundred percent. Yeah. But I would never say it to yeah. him. That's crazy. My mother would say, I love you, but I don't like you. Ah, I, I got like, that too. You did? Yeah, I got that too. What a Which, again, thing What are you say. saying versus what is the child here? The right. child hears I don't like you. He doesn't hear anything else. Of course. Horrible. You know what my parents used to do to me? What? Not talk to me for days. Yes, I got that too. Silent treatment. Which Her psychologists way. say is worse than physical abuse. It's yes. a total negation of you being alive. Uh, and it's also, it taps into the child's most primal fear, which is abandonment. Abandonment. Why do you think every Disney movie starts with Bambi's mother gets shot? Mm -hmm. The orphan tale. There's a, Harry Potter's an orphan because abandonment is the biggest fear. Yeah. So that is your biggest fear realized is being yeah. abandoned and ne neglected. It's, right. I would, my mother used to ignore me too for like three weeks. I would yeah. call her from my dad's house like, will you come on, can I come home now? Yeah. Not, not even pick up the call. And that's just oh, there. Oh. And again, is that discipline Evil. or is that? No, that's insanity. It's insanity. It's the parents. Uh, because I know with my kids, when I have to, you know, have a serious talking to them and you walk away from it, obviously, you know, not like, okay, I'll see you later. You just kind of walk out of the room. The next time you see each other is weird. And my yeah. wife is really good at it. She can find a way to reconnect in a way that's neutral. And I find that because of the way I was raised, I keep a little grudge up for a little while. Mm. And I really work on not doing that because it doesn't help the kid. You've already addressed the issue with the kid. Yeah, move it to the move Get it, the emotions out of it. And get back to normal. Let yeah. the status quo be that we are all communicating and supporting each other. And there's yeah. times when you need to be corrected corrected but you don't need to be shamed and you don't need to be abandoned well 100 it's like how you fight with your spouse like tom and i try to be very not like hateful and shaming and you won't call each other names i'm like no babe what i'm saying is i felt like this happened and da, 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 da. you know what i mean i feel like similar with a kid where you want to be like hey man this is what's happening can we correct that yeah i don't know how the fucking works but i think people need to external and i think there's the need for structure and discipline, it's important because then when they grow up, don't you think they'll internalize a sense of structure yeah. and internal discipline? Like you yeah. have to teach them that stuff. 
I think so. I mean, you look at people who, um, you know, their parents went to Harvard and the mother went to Yale and one's yeah. a doctor, one's a lawyer, and then the kid ends up being a hotshot too. And you realize like, it, or Asian families, there's a work so ethic. So good, yeah. There's a work ethic. It's just like there's an expectancy Ugh. that you're going to achieve a certain amount. And, 100%. you know, there's plenty of adults that go like, oh, my parents pushed me, pushed me too hard and fucked me up. And it's like, they fucked you up, but you're in a $3 million house. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And you can afford a therapist. I know, 100%. As opposed to fuck me up and, and I'm, poor. I'm in a rent-controlled apartment. Uh, 100%. Yeah. But don't you find the parent, uh, the, they, they are watching you, they're watching your being, they're watching how you're acting more mm -hmm. than anything. Yeah, right. That's really it, your, your habits, how you treat other people, mm -hmm. how you treat your spouse. All right, we have to do some, let's do some mom hacks. I absolutely love these because I really need them. Let's do the voicemails. We have to do these. Hey, mommy. Um, this is the mommy from Arkansas. I have a four-month-old little boy and a two-year-old little girl. And this is my mom hack. It's so simple, but the second part of my life began when I started doing this. So whenever I was on maternity leave, it was just kind of crazy having to run all over the house because anybody who has uh, more than one kid knows that you basically, once you have the second kid, you're doing nothing but changing butts constantly. And so I started keeping diapers for both and wipes in the living room, the bedroom, both of their bedrooms, mm -hmm. like everywhere. So that way, when I had to change a butt, I didn't even have to get up. I just had to reach over, grab the stuff, change the butt, then change a butt and change a butt. And obviously it was constant, but I didn't have to run to another room to do it. So that's my mommy hack. Bye. Brilliant. I love it. Um, I, kept, I kept diaper changing stations. We had two floors in the house. Big mistake. You need to have a diaper mm -hmm. changing station on every level. And that's great. And by the way, Greg Fitzsimmons introduced us. You gave us a wiper warmer when we had our first that's son. That's right. And that is hands down the best gift. And I give it to everybody now. And yeah. I always credit you. Greg Fitzsimmons gave me this once and I will pass this to you. The gift that keeps giving. Oh, that's Man. great. That, yeah, I remember that. It made changing the diaper something that the kid enjoyed. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Instead of a cold wipe right. on your newborn. Come on. No, I love that. Um, do we have another mom hack, Mommy? Hey, Mommy. This is Michelle uh, from Bellingham, Washington. And I have a mom hack for you. My mom hack is... If your kids are climbing out of crib, you get the mesh tent for inside the crib. I have three and a half year old twins that are still sleeping in their crib, and I will force them to sleep in their crib until they physically outgrow them. That has helped a whole bunch because my kids are trapped in there. That's it. That is a mesh tent. Now it, oh, it goes over the top. Is that what she meant? Do you think, or on the um, the crib? liners you know they do those well listen my kid my three-year-old still sleeps in his crib he doesn't want a bed we keep bringing up the idea oh i see it's like a dome how fun so it makes it fun and they want to stay in there oh yeah that's fun it makes it like a little tent yeah it's like little africans I <laughs> yeah right this is to prevent malaria yeah in the nursery right. the um, um i remember when uh i don't know how old Owen was he was probably 18 months or something and he was in his crib and uh, we're laying in bed one morning and all of a sudden he's like tugging on Aaron's face and he's like I want Cheerios and she's like hold on honey and I'm like why is he what's your and we're like how the fuck do you get out of his crib like did you have that experience where one day they um, just get out y yes I forget how we caught him too yeah yeah, and then uh, we have, you know, cameras on them, and we reviewed the footage. Oh, really? And Ellis can clearly just, because he's very long-legged, just go up and over, and he just chooses not to, because we panic. Did you save that videotape? Of course. I hope you're going to put course. it in slow-mo with Mission Impossible <laughs> music and post it online tomorrow. <laughs> that would be fucking hilarious. Oh, man. That's a really good idea. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> yeah, leg one leg. He he just throws his legs over and he can yeah. do it. But he clearly doesn't want to right now, which yeah. is so funny. All right, let's do one last segment. Let's do what would Christina P do? Voicemail mm. action. And um, if it's you can 
You got mom questions? CP's got mom answers. What would Christina P. do? All right, I like that you're a varsity dad. I feel like you give me hope, kind of. Good. Well, it's not all right. Full disclaimer. <laughs> but I won't be as exhausted physically, right? I yeah. mean, I'm literally... I feel like my older one doesn't exhaust me the way the baby does. Yeah, it you know it cha it changes. The exhaustion goes from physical to mental oh, as they get older, fuck. and well, you're worrying about wh how they're turning out all the time. Fuck! Did our parents worry about how we were turning Zero. out? Not once. Not once. Not once. They went out <laughs> drinking. My parents yes. drank. I'm not making this up. We had babysitters. They'd come home at four o'clock in the morning. Oh my god! Driving drunk, and they'd sleep till noon. They didn't wake. I wake up in the morning and go like, oh, I don't know. I'm worried that Jojo. It's like, what am I doing? No, they don't have a lick of that. Yeah, but we turned out where we needed therapy our whole lives. So that's know. the problem. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's do this voicemail and then we'll. Is this going to be the one from Bellingham, Washington again? <laughs> <laughs> hey, mommy. Huge fan. Uh, my name is Candy and I'm here in Nashville. I have one 10-year-old daughter who I adore, and she is the coolest kid ever. Um, my husband and I have been through several miscarriages before and after her, one being the loss of twins. Mm. Um, a few weeks back, I got some very underwhelming test results from a biopsy, which is leading to a hysterectomy next mm. month. Um, with all the debilitating menstrual cycles, pain, and just blatant disrespect I've gotten from this uterus, I am still for the lack of better words, grieving, losing it. I do get to keep my ovaries, so I won't be thrown into menopause prematurely. We definitely don't want any more children, but I'm still sad. Do you have any thoughts or recommendations? No acupuncture, please. Thanks, Mommy. <laughs> See you this Saturday in Nashville. Oh, that's right. I remember she, yeah. Okay, anyway. All right, let me take this one. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine if you're like, I could, let me tell you what to do, lady. I got it. You fucking bitches. God. What, what would a Greg disaster. man disaster. I mean, yeah, you're mourning it. It's a piece. I think there's just a piece of you that's going to be removed. I think that anybody is bummed to lose a body part, even though you don't see it. Um, good news is no periods, dude. I would throw a party if I were you. <laughs> uh, and you're not going to go into menopause, which is great. But uh, I just think it's unavoidable. Have you ever had anything removed? No, but my uh, my aunt had, uh, she had to get a hysterectomy. And the craziest thing happened, I mean, speaking of silver lining, is she had had Lyme's disease for mm. 10, 15 years, where she had to go in once a week and get IV drip. She was on medication. She was sleeping 15 hours a day. Oh she was coming God. down with illness after illness. I mean, Lyme's is fucking bad. Yes. Got the hysterectomy. Lyme's went away. And the Whoa. doctor went, and the doctor said to her, oh yeah, that happens sometimes. What? And she's like, how about that happened 14 years ago? <laughs> I know, I would have been like, just take it out. I, I mean, care. because she was already in her 60s. She didn't yeah. need the parts yeah. anymore. Oh God, why, why do they do that? But uh, no, Jesus, that's a, that's a tough one. I think, you know what it is? Most of the time people, what they're really asking me is, how can I not feel something? <laughs> like, I don't want to feel this feeling. How can I not feel this way? And it's like, there's no way to not feel stuff. You just kind of go through it and then you're not feeling that way. So I think the, I think if we've learned anything <laughs> in therapy, the more you avoid trying to feel the feeling, the more you dig yourself into a hole of anxiety and weird behaviors like overeating mm. or whatever OCDs. <laughs> so just sit with the sadness, right? I mean, what do you do when you get bummed? I, I literally, I do transcendental meditation when I'm having like a whatever moment. And I find that just sitting with the feeling and letting it really soak in and really letting it go through my body mm. and feel it. Yeah. And then it passes through me quicker than going, I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna clean the house. Here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna reorganize some shit. I'm gonna go to Michael's Arts and Crafts. I'm gonna bead. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna eat something. I should eat something, you know? That yeah, anxiety. well, it's like what I said to you before. What's your aholic? Filling your aholic, oh, and that's what you go it. to. But I, I do yeah. TM every day. Oh, you do? Look yeah. at show. And I noticed a huge difference when I started doing it. Twi do you twice a day? 
Now it's you're tough. shaming me. You're <laughs> shaming me. <laughs> you're supposed to do two 20 minute sessions. It's too much, but it's that's helpful, right? It really helps a lot. And, you know, and just so for people, it's extremely accessible. And if you can't go to a TM course for whatever reason, it's, it's a little pricey. You can just, there, there's a great book by, believe it or not, Russell Simmons about TM. And uh, he gives you a mantra. He tells you it's very, it's very what? simple. Observe your thoughts. Yes. Recite your mantra. Yes. And uh, just accept. And uh, it, it's a very. It's, if people think I can't. I've tried it. I can't do it. I can't do it. Just keep trying. You'll you'll get it. It'll click. Well, because the majority of meditation practices tell you to not think. Right. You're trying to avoid the. Don't try not to think. Try to say them. It's like, but TM tells you just okay. Let the thought go. Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. Oh, there's a car. Oh, there's a dog barking. Mantra. Oh, this is happening. Mantra. Oh, this is happening. Yeah. So it's like the acceptance of what is versus what you're trying to do. And it's almost like, you know, there's there's your um, there's two selves. You know, there's the self that is you. And then there's the other self that's telling you to not do things. Yeah. Your, you, pa- your internal parent. Yeah. Ugh. And it's like when you get into a good meditation, you lose that parent. Yeah. And you just get into this pure feeling where you don't feel fatigue if you were feeling fatigue it disappears and suddenly you're just floating in this like peaceful restful place and you come out of it and sometimes you feel like you need a nap if i need a nap after yes, lunch yes. i do tm and i'm you're back completely at completely rested especially that yeah tm wakes your brain run up yeah anyways I want to thank you so much for joining. Oh my God, this was great. Childish with Allison Rosen, Childish, who I'm a huge fan of as well. Yeah, she's wonderful. Fitz Dog Radio, check his live show out. Greg Fitzsimmons, I wish I would have said this at the top of the show, is the funniest human being alive. You are a, such a gifted stand-up comedian. Thank you so much. And I've been a fan of yours for so many years, and I'm so honored to call you an acquaintance can friend. i call you that oh we're friends. <gasps> oh good yeah. okay good i'm so happy um okay so you can email me where my mom's at at gmail.com you can leave a voicemail 213-375-5184 and i love videos send them to me where my mom's at at gmail.com thank you for listening thank you for downloading thank you for watching and we'll see you next time where my mom's where my mom's where my mom's at where my mom's wearing thongs hitting bongs at raising kids cleaning ships need a long nap where my mom's where my mom's where my mom's at where my mom's at